everybody this is jacob not moth boy jacob hey everybody this is moth boy mike and this is moth boy matt and this is moth boys a <laughs> podcast on cryptids conspiracies and the unknown unknown <laughs> baby unknown <laughs> that was pretty good man that was pretty that was, that was Beautiful. It's like boys to men, all in one person. That's gonna go TikTok viral. We'll create a TikTok dance to that. Yeah. How's 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 everybody doing? How's the boys? How are you guys doing? Good. I guess busy. Let's Matt. Let's talk to Matt first. Um, busy. Works busy. It's uh, harvest season, so everything's kind of crazy right now at the. He's Matt is the he's uh he's actually the Grim Reaper. So he's talking about souls. Hell fucking harvest, yeah. harvest season. That's pretty badass. <laughs> These guys didn't know he's he's uh you de- know that, he's death himself. I feel like I feel like it would be sweet if Mothman forty six could make like a meme. You know those like badass photos, those like Walmart like uh, uh shirts that say like I'm gonna kick your ass or whatever and shows the Grim Reaper. Yeah. But it was you. Uh, but here's face. the thing. Here's the thing, Matt. Uh, hmm. Mothman forty six. He doesn't like you. He's on Terry Tibbs' side of this. Uh, I know. I know. So I think he. Sh- I think you should Mothman forty six. I think you should make one for Terry Tibbs, not Matt. He made one. He made one of the the Nirvana baby, but it was me. <laughs> he did do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty iconic. Except the, except the sensor over the over the over the Wang was like. Three sizes, like, it's huge. It's a long <laughs> bar. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, uh, That's so awesome. So harvest season for you is... Harvest season, uh, busy. Um, yeah. Yeah, just... Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy at work and... Um, oh, okay. Uh, that's cool, Matt. What about you, Jake? What are you up to? Nothing. No. That's, that's None. it. Always. Simple yeah. answers, man. Yeah. N u t t i n man nothing yeah. nothing <laughs> something nothing all over nut, the place nut, nothing but nutty bars <laughs> nothing but nutty bars <laughs> That's someone make someone make me that shirt it says nothing but nutty bars <laughs> and then it has like a little thing at the bottom that says moth boy Jake or not moth boy Jake a quote nothing it overnight say not nothing about moth boy just just <laughs> just says Jake just, wait is it is it nothing over nutty bars or nutting on nutty bars <laughs> nutting in nutty not <laughs> Nutting in nutty bars. D, all of the above. D, all of the above. All of the above. All right. That's cool, dude. So nothing with you. That sounds nah, like just, a normal. Yeah, I shaved. And you did I got shave. You look good. That's you about it. looks man. good. You got Crocs? I got a new pair of Crocs, yeah. So. Hell yeah, dude. Are they camo? Uh, unfortunately not. Uh, no, they're pink. They're hot pink. One day I'm going to get some camo Crocs, but yeah. I got a nice teal Croc. That's nice. Yeah, that's, that's good. Nice. That's a nice color. Yeah. yeah, I picked up the Crocs over uh, quarantine, so uh, yeah, brings you know, out the whatever. blue in your eyes. Brings out. I'm the blue a Croc. I'm a Croc man now. You are a Croc man. You're There's a Croc head. 
You know, I, I didn't really feel comfortable <laughs> telling people that I was a crockhead, but yeah. uh, you guys posted a picture of me with Crocs on, so I figured I just would open up and let yeah. everybody know. I yeah, am somebody noticed that. Somebody went right for the Crocs when they saw yeah. the picture. I so. am a, I am a croc crockhead now. Yeah, you're a crockhead, <laughs> dude. <laughs> That's pretty good, a crockhead. Uh, um, so what about you, Mike. Me? Oh, me. Um, nothing much. I've been. Uh, uh, yesterday, I'm just, I'm just talking about life stuff, right? Sure. I, br- I brought my mama to uh, the Niagara Falls yesterday for her birthday. You brought her really to not. the American side? The American side yeah. of Niagara Falls, uh-huh. yeah. The worst son, right? Did she disown you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little rundown. That's all it is. I mean, there's still water. You know, you still see There's water. still water there. Yeah. What did you have a better view of, Niagara Falls or uh, Panhandlers? <laughs> <laughs> Equal, equal. I saw a few floating down the river, <laughs> asking, holding a sign up. There's competition. There's so many panhandlers in Niagara Falls that some of them have to go over the water to get <laughs> get the hard-earned buck. Right. So that's. I mean, I don't know. That was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. So, uh, other than that, nothing. I think that uh, Jake, you're under a lot of pressure for this episode. You did the yeah, first the one. That's fine, though. People loved it. Yeah, episode- people. People love that episode. Yeah. No one listened to it, so oh, no, geez, no pressure. Yeah, no. That's pressure. bullshit. I saw the numbers. I think it was two. I think at least <laughs> it was two. You and <laughs> me and Matt. Yeah. And then Mothman forty six probably listened to it just to get ideas for memes too. Yeah, and not for not for the content, just for the memes. Right. Yeah. So this is part three well, of our four part series on Mothman, everybody. So yeah, it's part away. three on our four part series on Mothman, but yep. it's our part two on Mothman and Point Pleasant. There you go. Okay, right. yeah, it's that's very it convoluted. That's very convoluted. Mm-hmm. That's okay though. We'll yeah. just say part yeah. three of the Mothman. Sure, whatever. Saga. We'll say just uh, people. Whatever is, you want to call is it. This Point Pleasant, nineteen sixty-seven. There you go, nineteen sixty-seven. Point Pleasant. Okay. We did nineteen sixty-six last episode, right? Okay. And then we did Injured Cold, which is unrelated, two right. episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't listened to those yet, get on it. Mm-hmm. Get on it. Just, just just start it because you'll be slacking. confused if you start on this one. So go back yeah. and listen to the other two first. Jake, you look uh, so different but, without a beard. He looks yeah. handsome. You as do are well. you are handsome, dude. You're a handsome dude. He's got like everybody. He's got like no beard. He's got long hair, and then he has got like this cool ramen noodle hat on. And he's like, he looks cool, man. You look look like a good good dude. Just want to you look like a here. good dude. You do. You look good. <laughs> Thank you. Like a good dude. So when we last left off in December of 1966, it seems that the Mothman hysteria was dying down in Point Pleasant. Uh, reports were still popping up occasionally, but it had slowed to a snail's pace, and the massive crowds that were gathering in the TNT area nightly uh, looking for the creature have all but disappeared. If that was the end of the story, it still probably would be known today, um, but it probably just be more of a small footnote. But as 1967 rolled in, the residents of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, continued looking in the skies. And although they weren't seeing the Mothman, they were seeing something just as crazy Airplanes. and unexplainable. <laughs> West Stars. Virginians had never seen Whoa. airplanes before. They're like, what is that? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Why does that thing have fur? It's supposed Why to be an is that a silver bird? <laughs> what birds made of silver? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yes, they were seeing airplanes, aka weird lights in the sky. 
Okay. The area uh, was full of almost nightly reports of strange lights in the sky, and as the reports grew, so did other odd things, including a group of strange men. Uh, to who, who to put it kindly, uh, they were very interested in the going-ons in the area and the witnesses, not only the UFOs, but also those who saw Mothman. Hmm. Who are these mystery men? Uh, so although reports were infrequent, the Mothman was still spotted in the area, and on January 11th, 1967, Mabel McDaniel spotted the creature. Uh, I want to point out here that Mabel, mm-hmm. uh, she was Linda Scarberry's mother. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. okay. So, you know, that's a little interesting that, that it's visiting. Like a, uh, that sounds like a mom name, doesn't it? Mabel. Mother Mabel. Mabel. Yeah, Mother Mabel. <laughs> Mother Mabel. Uh, sounds so, like um, a cake company or something, doesn't it? <laughs> I think it is. It sounds like no. It sounds like one of those like uh, uh, Ponzi schemes, like Mother <laughs> Mabel lip gloss. <laughs> if I sell ten thousand of these, I'll be able to go to Las Vegas this year. Like that With Mary Kay or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, Mother Mabel. Mother Mabel's lip gloss. Mother Mabel's um, lip gloss. So a uh, Mother Mabel, she uh, around five p.m. She was visiting Tiny's Diner when she saw the creature soaring down Route sixty two in Point Pleasant. At first, she thought it was an airplane, but realized it was flying too low. She said it was a brown creature with a ten foot wingspan. Uh, Mabel said she swore she saw two men's legs hanging off the creature. So Wait. again. So People are thirsting off the creature's legs. No, right. it's, it's it? two men hanging on <laughs> under the wings. The the legs were two men. Two yeah. men's legs. That's all I imagine. Like there was the creature's legs, but then there was two other legs hanging from like the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Two just men's legs with boots on or something, <laughs> just hanging in there. <laughs> That's weird though. Still. Uh, So they were hanging and she stated the creature circled around the diner with its wings completely motionless with no sound. Yep. Uh, Hmm. So eventually the creature just flew away. uh, And in the book, no. No wings flapping, no nothing. Jetpack. No. These are louder. Yeah, jetpacks are are one of the most quietest things I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Jetpacks are like. This is useless. And what was Mothman like? <laughs> so I guess Mother Mabel was hard of hearing because that is very loud for everybody, but it was silent for her. Everything um, just Mother sounded Mabel, loud. Yeah, Mother Mabel was almost deaf. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, in his book, John Keel said that um, since she was living with Mothman witnesses, he was possibly skeptical about her, of her story. Um, but after intense interviews, it held up. Mm. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, like, like doing like, like water, like torturing her. Going, is this true? <laughs> is it? What's that water? Uh, water torture. Yeah, the water torture. Or water water boarding. Water boarding. Yeah. Water boarding. Water bedding. <laughs> After an intense water boarding session, she finally came out with the true intense story. Intense water bedding. <laughs> you just put someone in the center of a water bed and try and. Try and just like watch them try and get out of the waterbed. It is difficult. It, it, it really is. <laughs> I always thought I was going to drown in one. So, you know, even though Mothman in 1967 wasn't seen as much, I thought we start off with a good Mothman sighting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, but 
1967 in Point Pleasant. It was all about them UFOs. Yeah. Um, so Mary Heyer, who she was very essential to the Mothman reporting in 1966, she had an article uh, called Where the Waters Mingle. And it just was a month, a weekly article on all the UFO sightings in the area. Hey, Jake. And it's. Do you think that she might have been even more important maybe than John Keel to the whole scheme of things or one of the most important members of the whole thing? Mary Probably. Heyer. Yeah. Yeah. Because her newspaper articles are still there. Yeah. Right. She was on top of That's everything. That's first, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool, um, man. So maybe, maybe, maybe people should make some Mary Hire merch instead of John Keel merch. That's true, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. No one would, like, we just like two I of think, them. I not, think, I think Sarah does. From does the Amer- uh, yeah, American from the Snallygaster Museum. M- American Snallygaster Museum. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's smart and buy it. Yeah. So basically, she wrote this article and she said it got so crazy in Point Pleasant. She was getting so many UFO reports that she couldn't even report them all. Whoa. Cool. Yeah. So she was getting like constant, constant uh, people. Constant lights in the sky every night. Uh, So just some of them, I'm going to share some of the craziest ones. On January 19th, 1967, uh, Tad Jones, who lived outside Charleston, West Virginia, had a terrifying encounter on the way to work. Hmm. Mr. Tad. So his name was Tad and he ran a, um, like a supply store is he reputable okay. or not i don't know we gotta i would think about supply that. store yeah. now what yeah, kind like, of supplies they sold like uh, like they sold um, poles. like <laughs> tad's poles tad's that was dumb Jeez. i'm sorry that was, sorry, that was great that was great um so we're gonna stop there, there nothing's gonna top <laughs> yeah. that uh episode's over uh at 9 a.m. on the 19th, Tad was driving down Route 64 when he noticed a large object blocking the road in front of him. He at first assumed it was a construction vehicle, but once he got close, he realized the object was actually hovering in the air. Hmm. So he stated it was a large metal sphere about 20 feet in diameter, and it was the color of dull aluminum. This hmm. sounds like Woody Derenberger's experience. That's, with injured cold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Derenberger, he was a, a repairman, so maybe he got his supplies from Tad. Whoa. See? Synchronicities. 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 <laughs> yep. Synchronicities. Uh, yep. <laughs> he stopped his car and was able to look at the craft for over two minutes. Upon closer inspection, he noticed four legs on the craft, but they all had wheels on it uh, and a small window in the front. On the underside of the craft was a propeller that at first was idling, but soon started spinning faster, causing the craft to rise in the air and disappear. He called the police and the report made the local news. I guess that was a UFO with a propeller. Hmm. Hmm. Never heard about that. That sounds. It- have you ever have you guys ever read into like airship, like mystery airship stuff? Like old UFO sightings that were like like airships. No. Oh, so cool. this is like an old. This is an old UFO. Old UFO. Right. Yeah. So it's like how like you go to like a, a drive-in or a dine diner and they have like the classic car night. Mm-hmm. This was an alien with his classic alien. UFO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a midlife cri- alien going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> he got his old sports car. Yeah. Pissed off at his wife. Just. Uh- <laughs> I'm going to buy this classic UFO, honey, whether you like it or not. Um, The report made the news, and the next day, he received a note under his door that stated, We know what you have seen, and we know that you have talked. You better keep your mouth shut. Okay. Wow. Did it? Was it marked? Was it like, was there a name on it or anything? Like no. From, from Jim. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> That's horrifying, though. Yeah. yeah. Threats. Yeah. It was threats. Who could have made those threats? Hmm. John Keel. Mothman. Mothman. Mothman himself. I guess Mo- I wonder. I wonder what Mothman's penmanship was like. <laughs> Not good. Mothman didn't doesn't know how to write, so they just were cutting out. Uh, like it's like a ransom letter, and they're just cutting out <laughs> different letters from magazines and yes. stuff. Yeah. For everything, he just made like f- like crudely drawn frowny faces. Yeah, or s- just circles all around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, that note was just one of the many uh, weird occurrences happening with people who had witnessed both the UFOs and Mothman. It seemed like this group of people were in the area visiting and scaring witnesses. They often drove around in black Cadillacs and wore black suits. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Bumping you know what that sounds like. Here's what I love. Here's what I love about this so far. We're not. We haven't said the name of the group of these people yet. And maybe we should stick to like not saying them throughout the whole episode and see if people just can guess who it is. I mean, black suits, black cars. Yeah. Black hat Cadillac. That's Girls yeah. of Time Bomb. Yeah, Girls of Time Bomb. That's a rancid song, right? That's a rancid reference, yeah. That's nice. that's Good for our, that's for our punk rock fans. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so should we say who it is? I mean, you're still describing. Keep going. No. If they uh, haven't got we'll, it, we'll have them guess. I will. I'll make mm-hmm. sure I don't say the words. If if whoever's listening hasn't gotten this yet, they're probably mm-hmm. a newbie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're a bunch of fresh princes, is what what's Matt's yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fresh yeah. Uh so some of these reports of these um men uh harassing people were scary and some are just sort of amusing. Yeah. Um so in one night in January nineteen sixty seven, uh, reporter Mary Hire was working late at her office opposite the co- county courthouse, and an unknown man walked in the door. He was described as very short. About four point, uh, about four and a half feet tall, and had strange, dark, deep set eyes covered with glasses and thick lenses. So I guess first of all, we got to do our shack thing. So how many shacks is that? Not even. That's half a shack. Half That's a shack. not even a full Muggsy Bogues. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even full Muggsy Bogues. Uh, he was wearing odd shoes with very thick soles, which probably added about an inch or two to his height. So he's four so he foot was- five with a two inch heel. <laughs> <laughs> he was very tiny. <laughs> he had uh, long black hair cut squarely like a bull and spoke in a peculiar low halted voice. Matt. Hey there, guys. My name is Cragathy. Craigathy. <laughs> so Craigathy hey asked for Craigathy. <laughs> so Craigathy asked for dist- directions to Welsh, <laughs> West Virginia, uh, and kept getting closer and closer as they talked. His eyes remained fixed on Mary as he stared almost hypnotically. Uh, Mary was alarmed by this person, so she brought the newspaper circulation manager to office, and they spoke to this person together. She said that at one point in the discussion, she answered the telephone and noticed the man pick up a ballpoint pen from her desk. Hmm. He looked at it in amazement, as though he'd never seen one before. He then grabbed the pen, laughed loudly, and ran out the building. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the so, coolest mothman story out there so or the, related story these these aliens that travel <laughs> light years light years to get here w- they were amused by a pen they, like, they wow. thought it was a neuralizer <laughs> <laughs> i just love that he looked at it and goes wow this is what they used to do i got it finally <laughs> 
and he laughed loudly. It was yeah, that's a the best loud part about laugh. It. it wasn't just a chuckle. He was manically laughing super and, loud. And as also, he, I'm just keep imagining like his tiny little body running out the door. Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> his little heels clicking like a tap dancer. <laughs> That's the best thing I've heard so far in this Mothman yeah, series. It that's really my favorite. That, that's really, that's the highlight. And that like, was the end of that that guy. Yeah, end he just cra- he just left with the crazy <laughs> thing. Left with a pen. Maybe he left with a pen and then was going to write some threatening notes to people. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like he didn't know how to obtain one, but he finally got it. So that yeah. that was a maniacal laugh. Like I finally yeah. got the pen to write these exactly. evil letters. Yeah. Uh. So. You know, not all of them are that funny. On uh, February 22nd, 1967, uh, Mothman witness Connie Carpenter was walking to school when a black Buick, not a Cadillac, a black Hmm. Buick, uh, pulled up alongside her. The driver opened his door and asked her for directions. Uh, uh, Do you guys, uh, hey, hey, do you know where where Dairy Queen is at? Hey, y'all, do you know where Dairy Queen is at? (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, in my notes, it says the Dairy Queen in Point Pleasant was closed for construction. <laughs> um, so maybe this is why it takes a turn. Right. Um, so he opened the door, asked for directions. He seemed to be a clean cut young man of about 25 or so with thick, neatly combed black hair and a deep suntan. So he didn't have a, he didn't have a bowl cut then. The no, other guy he had, had nice neatly, hair. Nice hair. He had neatly okay. combed hair. The other, guy, the other guy hair. was a straight up weirdo, just looking at pants yeah. and stuff. Yeah, he might yeah, just be like a, just like a random like just like an eccentric, like eccentric World yeah. of Warcraft nerd or something yeah, that that's entered. Totally what, yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, World of Warcraft was really popular in 1967. Yeah. <laughs> so this man was asking for instructions. When Connie got closer to the vehicle, the stranger suddenly ordered her to get in and grabbed her by the arm, trying to pull her into his car. She managed to get away, but the sleeve of her blouse was ripped in the process. Oh, wow. She ran back to her house and locked herself in. That's wow. scary. That was like physical. Po- was possible like physical kidnapping. Thing. Yeah. Or potential. Potential. And this could be, this could be, you know, this man's working with, what was his name? Craigathy? Craigathy. 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 Because the next day, Connie uh, received a threatening note under her door that said, be careful, girl. I can get you yet. Ooh. Dang. That's very like old school West Virginia, though. I can, I'm going to get you yet. Like using yet at the end of a sentence is very like country. I'd, aliens wouldn't do that, I feel like. So, but I mean, the aliens yeah. are just trying to appropriate the culture they're in. Okay, right, they're, right. Yeah. They're trying to, to to blend in. Well, I think, I think yeah. there's a lot of name redacted in West, seen in West Virginia talking about aliens, but people forget that they were also chugging Mountain Dew and slapping their knee going, yeah. Come on. That's not what they were doing. No, they're saying get her done instead. Get her done. (laughs) Uh, uh, We love you, West Virginia. We do. We really do. Uh, So along with the increase in reports of these so-called name redacted, UFO reports continue to skyrocket. And again, people were lining up nightly in the TNT area. But this time, before they couldn't see the Mothman, this time they were all witnessing lights in the sky. According to Keel, these lights would show up 
in the area almost nightly, right on cue at the same time. Many people witnessed them, and many reporters tried to take pictures, but they always had mechanical issues. Yeah, sounds about right. Their 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 phone their camera phones were not very good back in that that time. <laughs> Back in 1967. Was it razors? <laughs> razors. But like, here's yeah. the thing. Like, I try to take like pictures of like uh, when I see weird lights in the sky and on my phone, and it still looks like shit. So yeah. yeah. So no matter what, no matter how they were. But I have a flip phone, so maybe it's yeah. just it's a me thing. Uh, so not only were they being spotted nightly, um, but in some cases, these um, UFOs were causing harm to some that witnessed them. What? How, Jake? <laughs> so a young couple, very much in love. Uh, they were on Thanks a. For pointing d- that out. Wait, so is this is this from Steve Austin three sixteen? Yes, this is from Steve Austin three sixteen. <laughs> uh, so there was a young couple. They were in the car on a deserted dirt road in Ravenswood, West Virginia. Uh, it was not far a- from Point Pleasant. That's no, not far. right there. Like yes, town over. right there. It was a moonless <clears throat> night, and they were, you know, I don't know, you know, they were holding hands. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holding hands, singing hymns together. Um, (laughs) We'll we'll leave it at that. (laughs) Uh, But then around 10.30 p.m., a blinding bluish light poured in through the windows of the parked car. Mm -hmm. The young man at first thought it was the police, but then they both felt a funny tinkling sensation that scared them out of their wits. Wow. Was it coming? (laughs) No, it was going. It was going, going, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jesus he just made that joke into a PG joke real quick. <laughs> so the boy, the man in the relationship, I don't know if he was a boy or a man. <laughs> the moth boy or the moth man in the relationship. Uh, he jumped up and stared into the light. It wasn't a flashlight or a spotlight. It was more like a big ball of bluish fire hmm. hovering a couple feet off the ground directly alongside the car. There was a low hum as well. That's trippy. Yeah. So his girlfriend then screamed, and as she screamed, the light seemed to back away slightly while the humming increased in volume. So it had a had it had it had a, a is it sent not sentient. What do you call that? When sentient? It's, is it sentient? Like, like it has a has a life to it. Yeah. Night. So it, wow. it was. Re- re- yeah. It was responding to the, the scream. The, the screams. Wow. Uh, and then. Yeah. The next thing we um, knew, the man said, it was gone just like that. So it wasn't a craft. It was just a ball of light. Yeah, but it, it could have been a craft. I don't know. It was a ball of so light. So that, that means that the, car. the crafts are actual living entities, are like actual. That is a thought that a lot of people had with these because yeah. they're sort of there nightly and they had responded to like, I will get there in the future, but they do respond right. to some things that people right. are doing. So. Hmm. Maybe they are the vessel and maybe they are the life form at mm-hmm. the same time. That'd be sick. Right? Yeah. That's, that's pretty dope. That's pretty that dope. <laughs> uh, so that was uh, happened at 1030. And they said it only felt like a couple minutes. But when they arrived back in town, it was after 1230. So they lost time. Two, was it two hours, he said? Two hours of time. Yeah. Wow. And they said it was a few minutes, they thought? Yeah. That's trippy. Yeah. The craziest thing was the next morning, they woke up to find themselves heavily sunburned from head to foot, uh, and the boy's eyes were swollen shut for two weeks afterwards. This is like, the, it's like radiation or something. Yeah. Also, is that it's kind of like the scene from Mothman Prophecies where they're kind of making out in the car, the truck or whatever, and uh, the, you know, the, two, the couple, and then they see that light. Well, they see it in their cold, but you know, they see a ball of light, and then their eyes are bleeding the next day or whatever. 
Yeah. You remember that scene? It's probably, yeah. It. Yeah. That might be their kind of account a little bit. Yeah. 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 That's wild. So I guess they're not going to go back there and try to hold hands and stuff. No. It was just, it was just the, it was just the girl's father. He's like, yeah. I told you, you if you break you. curfew, I'm coming to get you. I'm going to become a weird alien ball <laughs> of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what a badass dad that is. Uh, <laughs> so on March 5th of 1967, a Red Cross bloodmobile was traveling along Route 2. I like the way you said that. Bloodmobile. M-A-B-I. Bloodmobile. Blood uh, was traveling al- <laughs> along Route 2, which runs parallel to the Ohio River. Uh, Bo Scherzer, 21. No. <laughs> You already don't trust it, right? Oh, man. Like, this story sucks already. I like how you just tried to breeze past that name <laughs> real did, quick. You really yeah. did. Yeah, well, because I, I know you guys weren't going to trust it once I said <laughs> his name was Bo. You should have said, said BS. You know what I mean? His, <laughs> his name was Michael Shang, uh, 21, <laughs> and a young nurse had been out all day collecting human blood, and now they were heading back to Huntington, West Virginia, with a van filled with fresh blood. Sick. Okay. So both so, shirts are the blood Bo, guy. Both <laughs> shirts are an unnamed young nurse. <laughs> Bo blood guy shirts are. Yeah. <laughs> As they uh, moved along a deserted stretch, there was a flash in the woods on a nearby hill and a large white glow appeared. It rose slowly into the air and f- flew straight for their vehicle. Hmm. Hmm. Thirsty for blood, maybe. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Mothman is a vampire? Maybe. The object swooped over the van and stayed with it, even though uh, Bo was going faster. Bo rolled down his window and looked up. He was horrified to see some kind of arm or extension being lowered from the light, cruising only a few feet above the bloodmobile. So there's a UFO with, with like an a, arm coming out of it. a crane arm coming out of it. Whoa. Trying to pick up the car, you think? Trying to pick up the car. It's yeah. trying to get us, the nurse yelled, um, watching another arm reach down on her side. So now there's so two, two arms coming out of this uh, UFO. Now, did they specifically say that it was like crane arms or like actual like huge human. arms? Human arms. They didn't say it was either, but they said arm or extension. So that's so. the extension part. It makes you think it was mechanical. Right, like, like right. A, because yeah, like I don't think anybody describes human arms as extensions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'd be funny if it was just two human arms. Yeah. Or just an- or just like two like long arms. Like like we were talking about arms. how this, the vessel is the actual, right. Yeah, because it's living. Yeah, it's a living thing. Yeah, I guess huh. that's that's actually a good way to look at it. Yeah. Um. So the second arm came down, and it looked as if the flying object was trying to wrap the pincer-like device around the vehicle. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, you got to think so, about it though. If 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 their their truck is full of blood, yeah, that would save the aliens a lot of time because they're trying to get blood all the time. Right, yeah. so if they just pick up a van that's full of blood, blood all the time, that saves them hours of work. Essentially, you know what I mean. So they wouldn't have to go and suck blood out of cows, and suck blood and uh, rednecks all over all over the place. You know, yeah. yeah, they would already have all that blood. So the flying object was trying to wrap its pincer-like device around the vehicle. He kept going faster. The object kept pace, but then headlights from approaching traffic appeared, and the arms retracted, and the thing flew off. So it, it realized I, we can't make this happen. We can't pick up this truck. We're gonna have to go and kill all these cows, mm-hmm. get all the blood. So we're giving yeah. up. Yeah, there was a lot of dead animals in the area was around there? this time. Yeah, so. well, there you go. I mean, I mean, they probably, like I said, they probably figured 
this truck's full of blood. Yeah. Work's cut out. We're going to go back to our home planet, put our feet up Yeah. For in the recliner. Yeah. Don't have to work. Yeah. That's a good day's work yeah. right there. Right there. You it's no the work. No work. But have you guys ever heard of any other UFO report mm-hmm. where like a mechanical claw mm-hmm. came out of a UFO? It's always, yeah. um, you always hear about um, beams of light coming down from UFOs. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't you that batshit? You would think that the arms, the mechanical arms, it's kind of like a toy, toy machine. Yeah. Right. That kind of thing. You know, maybe that's what it was. Just I kind of like that. Yeah. I kind of like that more than a, the, the beam of light. Right. That's kind of right. cool. I think the beam of light is kind of played out. It's kind of real, real or yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm into it. I'm into yeah. it. I like that. Hell yeah. So due to all of these reports and his frequent correspondence with Mary Heyer, uh, John Keel dropped his other research. And in late March, 1967, he returned to Point Pleasant. Um, during this trip, John and Mary, as well as other witnesses, they would often drive up to a hill in a Gallipolis Ferry, which is a small, small town yeah. near Point Pleasant. Okay. Uh, so it's not Ohio. I was confused by that at first because right. there's Gallupus, Ohio. Right, there is. So they went here because there was uh, sightings a lot, but he liked the spot because unlike the TNT area and other places where sightings were widely reported, there was not a bunch of just riffraff and he could just do his research in peace, he said. Of course, yeah. Okay. He uh, probably said riffraff too. <laughs> he probably did. John Keel and Mary Heyer, as well as some of the other witnesses, they would often uh, just every night they would look for UFOs. He saw strange lights nightly and between April 1st and April 3rd of 1967, he had his best sightings. Hmm. Ooh, okay. So this is John Keel and Mary Heyer, correct? This, yeah. And then also some of the other witnesses occasionally too. Okay. 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 But this is John Keel and Mary Heyer. That's cool. Uh, so April 1st, Mary Heyer uh, and John Keel drove up to uh, Gallipolis Ferry until they reached the hilltop. They said this was a great area because there was only one farmhouse on the hill and the people who lived there went to bed at 930 each night. Hmm. Um, so a few minutes after they arrived, Mary pointed out a small reddish light low on the hill south of where they were sitting. It appeared to be blinking on and off and bobbing up and down in a manner quite different from any of the stars in the horizon. The object started getting closer and it now appeared to be square or rectangle instead. So it could not be mistaken for a star hmm. vanished momentarily behind some trees north of the farmhouse. And when it reappeared, it was even even closer. Now John can make out a dark form. The red glow seemed to be a window. It mm-hmm. hovered about 50 feet off the ground, and John thought he could see a shadowy human figure in the window, uh, but Mary said, there was nothing in there. You're crazy. <laughs> they just stared at it for uh, several minutes, fully expecting the object to land in front of them. So they got out of the car, flashed a power... He, he Again, he's talking about his powerful beam of his flashlight. He breaks about his flashlight's beam a lot in this book. Does he? Um, he really does. Last episode, he was bragging about his flashlight. He's bragging about it again. Uh, so he got out of the car, and he put his flashlight out uh, at the object... <laughs> I like it resp- maybe he's maybe he's thinking that's gonna impress people about his powerful. That, that was flashlight. a big. That's a big deal back in 1967. But it's just like it's just like the lamest way to brag about your life. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, you should have seen the ray of light on this bad boy. You know? It's like it's like so you got a nice flashlight that don't impress me much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, that's good. So he um, flashed the flashlight at the object, and instantly it responded, quickly shooting straight up into the sky. The red light going out completely. Huh. 
The following night, they returned to the same hilltop, and they saw the same UFO again. But this time, next to the red ones, there was cold purple blobs and some multicolored lights as well. Hmm. Again, he used his flashlight to point it at point his flashlight at right. the lights. Yeah. Um, but this time, they jumped out of the way of the flashlights. Whoa. Whoa. And then he said he picked out an especially large object and flashed the Morse code for descent. And then John said that the light began to lose altitude. Okay, but how would these how would these beings from a different galaxy, from different areas of space, how would they know what fucking Morse code is? That's something humans made up. Yeah. Don't question it, Matt. Okay. Maybe they're just smarter than us. Yeah, maybe they are just smarter than us. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe John Keel is just trying to brag about his flashlight. He's like, yeah, my <laughs> flashlight's just, so good. I, I, did I think code all words. of the Mothman <laughs> prophecies is... I think maybe, he, hey, maybe he has stock in a flashlight company. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Maglite had just started. He... <laughs> I think that I think I think it's cool that they could go up to this hill every night and just like consistently see UFOs. How cool would that be just to be yeah. able to go up to? Like, Is that crazy? And then yeah. everybody was seeing them too. Yeah, like it's just it's crazy. And they described it when it was descending as it was going down a flight of stairs. So it wasn't just going down straightly. It was going down to 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 yeah, like stairs. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Mary, she was like been there done that i've been seeing these lights for the last three nights i don't yeah. really care anymore mm-hmm. uh she left how uh, funny so John- would that be to have something that is so cool just not impress you anymore yeah like, like i've seen these oh, i've seen these ufos last three nights I've, that don't pr- impress me much that don't impress me much yeah <laughs> 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 what was that matt <laughs> is that the words <laughs> in the song <laughs> <laughs> that don't impress me much <laughs> 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 so uh, it was a little after midnight. Mary left, uh, and John stayed there alone. And about one hour later, at one thirty a.m., he saw a clearly defined circular object zip down from the sky and pass parallel to his car. It was so colorful that it burned into his memory. He said. He said it was more powerful than my strongest flashlight. Out of his arsenal of flashlights. (laughs) He's like one of those people who's selling the bootleg watches in Times Square. He's holding up the jacket and has a bunch of watches. But it's just different (laughs) flashlights. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not a gun guy. I'm a flashlight guy. (laughs) Yeah, he has a flashlight safe in his He did. did he really say that? No. Oh, God. Okay. I thought he did. But, but he talks about his flashlight enough that it was easy believe, to be exactly. believed, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so the greenish surface uh, was topped by a bright red light. There was potholes all around the rim of the craft. The colors were so brilliant, they were unearthly and hard to describe. Cool. Describe, yeah. yeah. Of course, he said, I was so mem- mesmerized, I never even thought about picking up the movie, movie camera on the seat beside me. <laughs> That's what they called him back then. Jesus. So. The movie camera. So I'm a little calling a little BS on that. Um, <laughs> little bow shirtless. So, <laughs> little bow shirt, bow shirtless. Yeah. Uh, but he said the most noticeable, no, noted thing about this was he was scared to death, and his first thought was to start the car and get the hell out of there. Wow. Um, yeah. So basically, he's all like, "Oh, I've investigated everything, and there's only a handful of my times where I felt scared, and that was one of them." Wow. 
Okay. And then it just flew away. So so he had a feeling of just fear when he saw that thing. Well, yeah. he didn't have his flashlights with him, so of course he felt scared. No, no, he had his flashlights. They weren't strong enough for this one. That was the problem. Uh, yeah. They were little baby flashlights. No, they weren't baby flashlights. Out of his baby flashlight They were the strongest flashlights collection. in the whole world, but they just didn't work against this UFO. So <laughs> on, give the man a cr- some credit. You know? <laughs> He's like uh, like John Popper of Blues Traveler. He has a whole yeah. arsenal of harmonicas. Uh, right. John Keel has a whole arsenal out, of you flashlights. Know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. John Popper. People, my goal is to make as many obscure references. What a reference that you yeah. just made right now. How do people stand this podcast? I don't get it. <laughs> We're talking about John we some, Popper. We got some John Popper stands here. <laughs> uh, so he continued to go to the area nightly. And then most nights they saw the same lights. Um, but right. one night they stated um, he went out to investigate a light. And then Mary and then some of the witnesses from Mothman were there. And they mm-hmm. said they saw a large man come out from the woods and walk behind their car. Whoa. Like a not the, Was it like described as a Mothman or a Bigfoot or what, what was it? It was more human. So uh, oh, a okay. – I don't want. I guess we're not saying the name. Uh, yeah. A name redacted, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll tell you all locked. at the end of the episode what it is. Okay, Jake will make so sure to reveal. I'll make sure that's brought yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. Uh, weird lights every night. Weird men. Mm-hmm. It was a spring of craziness in Point Pleasant. So it really was like the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a clue. That's a clue. That's a clue. <laughs> yeah. that's a clue. <laughs> see, 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 fans, we're, we're too scared to talk about them just in case. We don't want them to be sent to Jake's house specifically. Well, to kill him. He lives in I Buffalo, New read, York, everybody. I have read a book that so. says if you talk about them, they will come. Yeah, so mm-hmm. maybe we'll mention them in a whisper at the end of the episode. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. This is Jake's maybe address. We'll- Name redacted. If you're listening, this is Jake's address. <laughs> 123 Fake Street. 123 Fake Street, Buffalo, New York. (laughs) On May 19th, 1967, we got our first connection that combined the Strange Lights and Mothman. Ooh, okay. At about 10.30 p.m., while driving past the TNT area on Route 62, Brenda Stone and another woman reportedly witnessed what looked like a winged creature fly up to meet a UFO. Whoa. The woman claimed that they seen a shadowy form with bright red eyes at the top of a tree near the road. A large hovering red light, which looked like a luminous object, then appeared and approached the tree. The shadowy figure rose up towards the red glowing object and vanished, and then the op- flying object flew out of sight. Whoa. That's pretty Whoa. Cool. That's a cool story. Okay, so that's possible Mothman UFO connection. Isn't that insane? That's yeah. the first. That, like, I was so happy that there was one of those. Yeah, right. Because you know. Yeah, you want to you want to connect the two somehow. You know, is so. it bogus? We yeah. may never know. Uh, that spring was when there was a big UFO flap in Point Pleasant. Uh, mm-hmm. Throughout the summer and fall of 1967, uh, Mary would continue to update John Keel on the strange happenings going on in Point Pleasant. So it wasn't insane every night, but there were still UFO reports and reports of uh, the strange name redacteds. Uh, and even uh, people getting visits by John Keel's secretary, even though he did not have one. Oh, man. Basically, a mysterious blonde woman in her 30s with a southern accent visited people in West Virginia and Ohio whom Keel had interviewed. Uh, she even visited some of those who had not been mentioned in print. Mm. Wow. So she knew she knew about these people. Yeah. 
That's weird. And she introduced herself, claiming to be John Keel's secretary, thus winning, um, you know, people believed her because, oh, they meant they name dropped John Keel. So they're like, oh, John Keel's the only one knows I saw these weird things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know John Keel. That's cool. She had a clipboard she carried that had a complicated form filled with personal questions about the witness's health income and the type of cars they owned as well as their general family background and then also some fairly sophisticated questions about their ufo sightings well Well, i get the ufo stuff and i get maybe the health stuff right but But it would make sense though because if if it was john keel's secretary jake last episode you had mentioned that he was very in describing the women in the book Mm -hmm. so if they wanted if he if the secretary went to the house and was like, here, fill out this form where you have to describe for Mr. Keel everything about you, what color is your hair, he would have it ready to go for his right. so you know. Maybe this was actually his secretary. He right. just didn't want to admit to it because people were getting creeped out by it. Right. Yes. Yep. I wonder he how Tarantinoing he dis- them. Right. Tarant- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I don't it know sounds either. provocative. I don't either. I, don't I, I just I, I made that up right I now. made that up as as we were going. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. That's a Mothboy um, exclusive, everybody. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> throughout the summer and fall, like I said, that was the only really weird thing that was happening other than occasional UFO reports. But in November of 1967, John Keel again returned to Point Pleasant, and he wasn't the only thing that returned. Ooh. Wow. Is this his final like visit for investigation there? Before, yeah. Before yeah. the uh, spoiler alert, tragic yeah. ending. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so, in November of 1967, four male hunters encountered a large gray figure with red eyes in Chief Cornstock Park, West Virginia. And in a weird twist of fate, they were so frightened that they didn't even think to use their rifles until after it was gone. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I can so see after, that. That's Yeah, like it's frozen in fear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So after a long time of no sightings, like the last like reported sighting of Mothman was in May, and now we're in November. Mm-hmm. So everybody sort of was like, well, there's no no Mothman it's, anymore. It's over, yeah. Um, but he appeared in November, and then again on November 2nd, 1967, Virginia Thomas was in the kitchen of her house, which was within the TNT area, when she heard a loud squeaking sound she said was similar to that of a bad fan belt. So that's the Matt? squeaking. That's Yeah. that's You, the, got, you got this? Oh, you, uh... Back up a little bit, though. <laughs> Wait, oh, yeah, no, that's go. not the one. I was just joking about that one. Okay, try again. Ha, ha. No, 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 not that one, one either. More. Let me try it again. One more time. A belt, you said? No, uh, uh, it was a squeaking. Like a squeaky belt. Like a bad belt. fan belt. Like, like a bad, bad fan, fan belt. Bad fan belt, yeah. Wow. I think that's accurate, yeah. We don't pay this man enough. We, we, don't, we don't pay this man enough to be on this show. Yeah. We really don't. True wow. talent. True I think talent. you'd get the golden I think you get the golden buzzler, buzzer on America's Got Talent, Matt. You got, <laughs> you got the you got the try my best award. That's what we're gonna give you. <laughs> you want one of those? Man. I'm a middle child. I got plenty of those. <laughs> the creature made that squeaking sound that Matt Jake, did perfectly. Sorry to interrupt you, but the, the squeaking noise almost like a mouse. <laughs> yes. Like a mouse yes. almost has been described. As Mothman's voice, kind of, right? And other other sightings have done similar things. Yep. Uh, So the figure uh, was a tall gray man moving quickly throughout the TNT igloos. I walked upright like a man, but was much larger and moved very fast in a gliding motion. Hmm. Uh, It then disappeared into some nearby trees. 
And then after that sighting, Miss Thomas says she had several nightmares, uh, one of which featured strange people along the Ohio River and an invasion of some sort coming over the Silver Bridge in trucks and going into the TNT area. Uh, wow. So that's a weird dream. That is a weird dream. Uh, yeah. And also during Keel's visit in November, Mary Heyer shared a nightmare she had with John. Uh, Mary stated she had a nightmare where there was a lot of people drowning in the river and Christmas packages were floating in the water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. That's spooky. That is spooky. John Keel, he mentioned during this whole November trip to Point Pleasant, he just felt a heavy, heavy foreboding atmosphere over Point Pleasant. And one of his acquaintances in town uh, even stated, and I quote, you know, something is wrong here. I don't know what, but ever since that flying saucer business last spring, things just haven't seemed right. Mm, that's a good like precursor to things, isn't it? Mm. So around that time, John Keel was also getting strange calls warning him about a power blackout and a terrible upcoming disaster on the Ohio River. Mm-hmm. To be fair, it was implied that one of the factories along the river would blow up. That's oh, what his yeah. – he had like people calling him and telling mm. him this stuff. Right. Chapstick. Yeah. Exactly. So eventually he uh, decided that December 15th was the date that he was being told about. Um, And December 15th, he was so happy because no blackout happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, tragedy had struck Point Pleasant. So on December 15th at around five in the evening, amidst rush hour traffic, the 700 foot silver bridge crossing from Point Pleasant over the Ohio River collapsed. Dozens of cars um, fell into the freezing river below ultimately killing 46 people, two of which were never found. Multiple others suffered injuries, and the whole town basically suffered uh, trauma at the hand of the bridge collapse. Man, that's tragic, man. Yeah, that's awful. Truly, that's crazy. It's still, still, you can still kind of feel it. Yeah, when you go there? Yeah. Yeah, that sucks, man. It's wild. And I know some people say there was like sightings and stuff in the Mothman yeah, before the bridge collapse. I didn't find any. They found they fi- didn't they find a reason why it there was a there was a bolt was a yeah. screw bolt or something. Or? In 1971, more than three years after the tragedy, an investigation to the bridge collapse came up uh, with the reason a small defect of the bridge's suspension eye bar mm-hmm. uh, less than a tenth of an inch deep had been the culprit of the collapse itself setting mm-hmm. off a chain of events that would take the lives and I know, I know people like to tie that in with the whole story but i don't know that's that stories that story is that's real bummer hearing about that yeah. you know although i do want to point out you know, a week after mary hire actually did have uh, a visit from the men in black there, there it is, everybody. This is what we're just gonna say it now. I figured it's the end. This is yep. the last the end. one. Yeah, so, yep. yeah. Men in black. Uh, so the featuring, bridge collapsed. Will Smith. And Here comes the men in black. Tommy Lee Jones. Yep. Galaxy the Defenders, bridge. but in this case, uh, very spooky, mm. scary kind of. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm. So true. So threatening. True. Threatening people. Threatening. Um, They're threatening. Yeah. So Will yeah, Smith they... would never do that. <laughs> Except he threatened. Tommy his, Lee uh, Jones uh, would never do that. <laughs> Josh Brolin would never do that. Wait, We're no, he out plays of time a to record. We're running out of time. <laughs> okay. We're running out of time, Matt. You can name the whole cast as a bonus <laughs> Patreon episode. If you're interested in that content, Matt reciting the whole cast list to every men in black, pay us money and we'll do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would pay for that. Uh so 
the bridge collapsed. Some people, like, you know, you, people never saw Mothman again. To a lot mm-hmm. of people, that's where the story ends. But I mm-hmm. think Matt is going to tell tell us a little bit more about Mothman next episode. Part four. Yep. Yep. Uh, But just quickly, on December 22nd, 1967, uh, after the Silver Bridge disaster, two men walked into Mary Heyer's office. Uh, Both were short and wore black overcoats. They weren't interested in the bridge disaster, but wanted to know about the UFO reports in the area. And little heels. (laughs) Craigethy. Craigethy was back. He was back. So Hire handed him a large folder of related press clippings on the UFO, and they weren't interested in them. They asked her what she would do if someone ordered her to stop writing about UFOs. Hmm. Uh, she basically said she'd continue anyway. Mm. It's badass. She mm-hmm. is a badass. Uh, so the two men glanced at each other. Mary went back to work, and when she looked up, they were gone. Later that same afternoon, uh, other witnesses of the uh, Mothman and UFOs uh, were being visited by the same uh, – mysterious man uh and they kept asking where john keel was and wanted mary and the witnesses to take them to the sighting locations of mothman and ufos Mm -hmm. um so basically there's just a strange man a week after the silver bridge collapse everybody's just not in the mood Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and a strange man comes and asking where john keel is and asking people start start trying to stir stuff up yeah so Hmm. I didn't know that happened after the Silver Bridge. I, I thought everything stopped after it, but yeah. it's there was a Men in Black a week after, and that is the end of 1967. Dang. Yeah. All right. That's like the story. Yeah. Then Matt, Matt, Mothboy Matt's going to get into the all the other stories after. The, like the, 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 after. The, the, the encounters, the stories after. Yeah. Wow. Because uh, I, I think uh, I think Mike thinks those are BS, though. I do. I don't. I, I think I'll, Mike I'll, says I'll, it started and ended with. I did, did. That's where it started and ended with me. But I'll, I'm going to listen. Up. I'll listen up. You know, I'll hear him. Yeah, you better so, fucking listen up. Yeah. So you, we have events. You want to name the events? We're going to oh, be wait, hanging Mothman, out. Mothman, real or fake? Oh, yeah. We got to do that now at this uh, point. Real. I mean. Real. 100%. Mothman, real? Mothman's yeah. real. There, yeah. There's no other explanation. Men yeah, in yeah. black, real. 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 Men in black are real. Yes. UFO sightings, Real. 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 Mary Hyer. John Keel's flashlight arsenal. John yeah. Keel, John barely Ke- real. No, John Keel's flashlights. Oh, real. Oh, yeah. His flashlights are real. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we did it. Yeah. Everything's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whole, we have some story. events. Yeah. Events. So we what got, about you, Jake? You think they're real? Oh, yeah. I was agreeing yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. 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 agreed. Okay. Uh, so we've got- we all, uh, we all knew that was a conclusion. We, right. oh, we yeah. shouldn't even ask. Yeah. We should, yeah. yeah. Braxy Bizarre- September 11th, Sutton, West Virginia, at the Elk Theater. Um, Flatwoods Monster Museum, and 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 the Elk Theater, yeah, and the Flatwoods it. Monster Museum, mm-hmm. and uh, we had Mothman Festival canceled, sadly. This right, year. but we've got Cryptid Con. Yeah, we're sad that that Mothman is is canceled. Canceled, but yeah. it's you know something that probably needed to happen to keep everyone safe. Yeah. Um. So Cryptid Con. Cryptid Con in November. Mm-hmm. You have an event. Uh, and and Moth Boys are going to, well, I'm going to be there, but I'm going to be representing the Moth Boys. In October, I will be in what day? Arkansas. What day? What day? The, 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 the 29th. October's a big month. The 29th through the 31st, I'll be in Arkansas and hanging out in like Texarkana. Uh, That's awesome. And 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 it's it's at a Falk Monster Campout. Uh, yeah. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um 
but yeah, those are our events that we have so far. Um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's gonna be fun. That 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 Ar- that Ar- Arkansas, uh, Arkansas, that Arkansas. Yeah. Any shout outs? No. Thanks for all our fans. Thanks. For yeah. Thanks yeah, to yeah. everyone for listening. Yeah. yeah thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening and join us for part four next time. Yep. Thanks, Which everybody. Which was gonna. I, I want to point out quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but this was so clever of okay. us. It okay. was gonna end the week Mothman Festival was supposed yeah, to. Yeah, I know it was. I know that was clever. But now yeah. it's canceled. So my whole brilliant yeah. idea. Just we finally did something clever. Yeah, just so everybody we knows. Did something we, clever. We had a whole plan with this whole thing, and it yeah. just didn't work out. But that's okay. So that's very sad. But bye. Goodbye. Peace. Blast will get you.